This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us. We're so glad you've joined us today. I'm here with Dr. Ray Underwood. Dr. Ray was on our first season when we talked about strategic partnerships. He is a pastor and a church planter. Ray, you successfully planted Palm Beach Community Church, and you pastored there for 30 years, developed a magnificent facility. Then a few years ago, Palm Beach Community Church decided to enter into a strategic partnership with the Family Church Network. When we did that, Dr. Ray, you were gracious to join our staff, and you have a rather unique title and a rather unique role here at Family Church. Dr. Ray, why don't you tell our listeners your title and what you do? Man, I'm the CEO of the Family Church Network. CEO, I like it. CEO, and CEO stands for the Chief Encouragement Officer. Originally, I was a pastor of church planting partnerships and new campus development. But when I'd call on pastors and uh, talk with them, I kind of share my title. I could tell they began to feel like I was like uh, wanting something from them. Right. And I was visiting one guy and he asked me what I did. And I kind of shared what I did. And he said, you're like the chief encouragement officer. I said, that's what I am. And and I told you about it and you loved it. So uh, I officially became the chief encouragement officer of Family Church Network. And that really reflects what I try to do, what you've encouraged me to do, which is really just to be a blessing, to be encouragement uh, to other pastors in the area. And matter of fact, way back when, it's probably four or five years ago now, Jimmy, we began to first talk about joining forces and working together. Uh, we discussed my role. And I remember you kept stressing how you wanted, you saw you know, my age where I was at in life. You wanted me to use my life to be a blessing to other pastors. And I wasn't quite sure how that looked. And I think that partly came out of the fact that I was a, a little bit of a blessing to your life and what you're going through here at, at downtown. And But I think bigger than that, there was a deep theological conviction inside of you that we need to strengthen other churches, that we need to be a blessing yeah. to other churches. Yeah, that's exactly right, Raymond. I know uh, one of the things that happened when I moved here to be the pastor of what was then the First Baptist Church of West Palm Beach, you were the very first pastor in our city to reach out to me. And you asked me to go have lunch. We had lunch. And then we ended up having lunch once a month for seven years before we ever entered into a strategic partnership. And Raymond, you know, you're you're just a little bit older than me. So your kids are about 10 years older than my oldest kids. And so as my kids are walking through the teenage years, you've been a real source of encouragement to me and wisdom as I've you know, those bucking Broncos I have at the Scroggins <laughs> yeah. house, yes, Man, sir. they get into messes all the time. And it's very hard to, to parent these guys. And it's so been so awesome to be able to turn to you and say, hey, you know, what did you and Jan do? And this happened? Have you ever experienced this with your sons? And no matter what I asked, did this ever happen to your sons? You always said, yeah. And let me, <laughs> it's always some Share incredible story. story. It made me feel a lot better. And so, <laughs> so, so you were such an encourager to me. You know, Raymond, I, and then even professionally, just asking your advice on how to handle different church situations and different mm. meetings and how to think through different problems that just come up in what we do. And you're a blessing to me. And one of the things that I am convicted of is that pastors need pastors. And most of the pastors in our area are single staff pastors or, you know, some, they have some part-time staff member. They feel all alone and nobody is pastoring the pastors and the pastors feel insecure. So they're afraid to put themselves in a position to be vulnerable with other uh, people in their churches. 
And so we think the biblical pattern when we study the book of Acts and read the New Testament, the biblical pattern is that established churches fund and encourage and strengthen new churches and smaller churches, right? So established churches, you see this all throughout the New Testament, they fund, they strengthen, they encourage new churches and struggling churches. And Ray, you are uniquely suited to fill this role. So why don't you talk to our listeners about how you actually exercise your function as a chief encouragement officer at Family yeah. Church? I think a lot of it is to be to be candid. I, you know, there's a lot of empathy in me because I've been there. Yeah. Uh, my first church, I was 21 years of age, had 15 people in it, grew it while I was in seminary, about 150. So I know what it's like to be in a small church yeah. and those challenges. Then I was a church planner, planted a church, grew it to about a thousand. So I know what those are like. I know what a multiple staff church is like. So when I talk with these pastors in the area, I can feel and empathize with them because I've, to some extent, I've been there. I've been a pastor for almost 40 years now. So I kind of know their pain a little bit. And I've learned, I think I give my wife a lot of credit. I've learned to become a, a much, much better listener. My wife has taught me how to listen, how to listen well, and not to share my opinion unless it's asked for. <laughs> and it took me about a couple decades to figure that out, but it really works. Quick learner. Yeah, yeah quick learner, exactly. <laughs> and uh, she has a little phrase. We have a phrase we use uh, is love talk. And love is spelled L-U-V, love. Listen, understand, and validate. Listen to their words, listen to her words, right. understand her need, and then validate her feeling. And I find the same thing in talking to pastors, that it, the key is for me just to genuinely listen and try to understand. And I was on a phone last night, late last night, and a guy just said, wow, I, I just I just needed someone to validate how I feel. Right. And and that, that's what I do, is just try to support them and listen to them. Take them out to lunch, uh, become a genuine friend. Right. I genuinely care for pastors pastors and genuinely want to see them succeed and do well. I try real hard not to talk about myself and let them talk about themselves. If we're honest, we all love talking about ourselves. Right. I love talking about my kids, my grandkids. Yeah. I love talking about mountain biking, things that I do. And I love talking about family church, but I try real hard not to talk and to genuinely just listen and build the relationship. Often I'll give these guys books that I'm reading that really right. are speaking to me, or I'll go with them to a conference. If they have me come speak at their church, if it's a Baptist Church here in Palm Beach County, I'll give the honorarium back to them. I don't take right, it. Right. Simply, I just want to be a blessing, you know, and I feel I'm at a place in life. I've had so many knowledge, training, educationally, experiences, um, pain, problems, opportunities. It's just, it's a joy just to try to give back and share and just try to be a blessing to others. And Raymond, you really do that well. And one of the things that's cool, you're just a fun guy to be around. You're a cool guy. You're a, you're a man's man. You know, you're fun yes. to be around. You have all kinds of Give me uh, more. good yes. stories to tell. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Raymond, I know as you talk to these pastors and they open up to you, you know, I always, it's important to me that they have a sense that you're a confidential listening ear. So, mm. you don't even come share with me That's everything right. that they're saying to you because no. it's none of my business. But why don't you tell some stories? You don't hmm. have to use names. What are some ways you've been able to, some specific ways you've been able to encourage guys as you've listened to them? It's amazing. You know, I think one story that comes to my mind quickly was one of the, it's embarrassing to be honest. I'll go ahead and share it. These are some of my favorite stories. Yeah. <laughs> If Ray says he's he's embarrassed, this could be really, really yeah, good because it's hard right. to embarrass Raymond. My filters aren't good sometimes, so <laughs> my wife's working with me on that one too. All right. Uh, I had this guy, never met him before. He called me. He had a lady in his church that hired an attorney trying to get him fired. So he was in deep weeds, a bunch of problems, upset. And so I called and said, he called me, said, let's, let's get together for lunch. So we scheduled a lunch appointment on Thursday. And, and for the last 30 years of my life, Thursday was the day I'd never have an appointment. Thursday was the day I'd never go out to eat. 
I wrote my message, worked on my right. message. Well, Thursday came from I'm supposed to meet with this pastor and I don't show up. I don't even realize I missed the meeting oh, no. until like about three o'clock. Oh, and this no. poor guy is so brokenhearted and I don't, I'm not even there. And I call him back and then I meet with him. And now whenever I go to lunch, he always texts me before to make sure I'm coming. <laughs> I mean, I marked this guy for life. But anyways, you know, I, I helped him save his job. I helped him find a better situation for him and his family. And I just remember it's kind of like Moses with Joshua. I said to him over and over again, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Yeah. And we're still friends. Talk and to guys him need on the to phone. hear that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we pastors need a pastor that's in their corner. Just a, a week or so ago, I had lunch with a high capacity pastor, very successful, proven leader, uh, struggling, trying to get transaction with his new staff. And we were at lunch for like two, two and a half hours. And and I just, he said, you know, he asked me to help him. And so I helped him. I said, what is it like being on the other side of you? You know, yeah. what, what is your staff thinking? Well, you know, I hate like, when you, you ask know? me that question yeah, well, too. What is it like to be on the other side of you? And it, it got home and he began thinking and we talked a lot about how you got to get your intent and your impact in alignment. And so often we have a good in, intention, but what the impact isn't in keeping with what we want. So right. we got to own that. And so just great time. Uh, I got a text a couple weeks ago. Uh, this really meant a lot. It was an encouragement to me, a brother, uh, African-American pastor, been here, got a good church doing well. And he had this couple in his church, a uh, grandma that was trying to take care of this girl and she couldn't. And so here's this little seven-year-old girl that he's trying to help and he brings her into her house and he's trying to figure out what to do. And he sent me this text after we met. He said, man, he said, Raymond, your words were the perfect mix of listening, commenting, and encouragement. And that's what I get to do, man. I thank you, Jimmy, that I get to do this. These guys thank me all the time to tell me to thank you. I need to tell you more often. Just being their friend and just helping them move forward and not get stuck. I think it's so awesome because I think this is a biblical pattern. I think it's a biblical vision that God's given us here at Family Church. And then, you know, God's kind of put our hearts together too, Raymond. So we like working together. We enjoy the fact that we're able to be a blessing to churches in our community. And to each other. Yeah, that's right. And, and let me ask you, how do you know who to meet with though? So like, you can't just look up in the yellow pages. There's, you know, hundreds of pastors in a metropolitan sure. area. How do you find out, you know, who yeah. you're going to get together with? I've been here almost all my life. I'm a Florida boy, uh, born in Miami, grew up, moved here when I was age one. And so I, I've been here. I, I grew a church. We had a lot of leadership conference. A lot of the pastors in the area came to my church for different conferences. So they know me. So when I call them, they want to hang out. Yeah, you're They're, a known quantity. Yeah, That's they, true. they want to go to lunch. I go to conferences, try to go to a lot of pastors' conference, go to clergy meetings. They're not as exciting, but I, I show up. <laughs> Any meeting that says clergy in front of it. I try to go, and I'm there to be an encouragement, there to support these guys, there to believe in these guys. And, uh, you know, it's fun. When I call them, hey, I'm, they're so happy to hear my voice. They're seeking me now to go do lunch because they right. know I pay. And uh, yeah, you, you right. pay, Jimmy, you pay. Nah, we do it And together. they appreciate it, and they, they value it. So it's a joy, man. And I am grateful that I get to do. And I'm really at a place in life, which is so much fun. I get to do what only I can do best. And I don't mean that egotistically, but I'm in a role because of who I am, what I've done, how I've been trained here in this area that I'm doing something now with Family Church that very few people could do. I don't think anyone could do no, it. I agree with you. And that's what's so much fun, you know, and that's what you have so much meaning in what you're doing when you're leveraging who and everything you are for the kingdom and for family church and for pastors and churches yeah. in the area. And you do that really well. And Raymond, you've actually taken this whole thing a whole step forward because you've established a regular, what we call a pastor's cohort uh, that meets every month. And so I, I'm just curious about how did that originate? And then how do you actually, how do you make that work? You know, about... Uh, 
two, three years ago, I began as I got back. And when we became partners, I started going to the local Baptist Association meeting and they had about 10 guys there, 12 guys there. Half the guys really didn't want to be there. They felt like they had to go. And uh, Steve <laughs> Thomas was kind of like the new, like the bivocational DOM. He's, he's leading a church full time, but at the same time, he's trying to help the association. And he asked me to lead the strengthening team. And I thought it kind of dovetailed what shape. I was doing, what yeah, he... strengthening, uh, you know, <laughs> going to encourage pastors. So I said, okay, we'll do it. So I I got some other key pastors in the area, highly respected, got about four or five guys together, talked about this and talked about, a, you know, dreamed of having peer-to-peer learning and peer-to-peer encouragement. And we could get pastors to meet on a monthly basis to really learn from each other and to really encourage one another. And that meeting and through that process, they came up with the, the name Pastors Cohort, which is kind of a learning group. And that's really what we're doing. We often say it's not a unity movement, even though we're all for clergy right. meetings and clergy unity movements showing our, our unity, our oneness. It's, but that's not what we're about. It's not a networking meeting. We tell people, if you're looking to network, go someplace else. I mean, I'm tired as a pastor. Somebody always wants something from me, and we want a meeting that people can go to, pastors can go to, specifically for, targeted for lead pastors, where they can go the first Thursday of every month from 11 to 1, and just to be encouraged and to learn from one another. Hey, and I love that about that, that you don't let parachurch people come in there and speak. You don't let sponsors get in there and speak. It's just a pastor's meeting just for pastors where nobody mm-hmm. wants anything from you. And I think that's a very powerful concept. I'm sorry to interrupt. That's right. No, it's great. And we usually start with a large group time at 11 o'clock, and then we grab food and we break up in different cohorts. And these guys are becoming, you know, we have about 100 pastors now who participate, have about 60 to 70 plus there uh, once a month, and they're becoming a band of brothers. They're really turning our chairs towards each other. They're taking the posture of a student, and we're learning from our peers in the area what's working and what's working well. Yeah, and I really enjoy because I'm a part of a cohort as well of uh, larger church pastors in the Palm Beach County area, and I find it a blessing. And these guys are becoming, you know, my dear friends, not just, again, it's really not about professional collaboration as much as it is establishing a brotherhood and making some new friends with people who are doing some similar things to what I'm doing here in our community. I know I got to speak to the group. I don't speak you know, maybe once a year you have me speak, but I got to speak last month and we talked about moving from diversity to inclusivity when we're talking about multiculturalism and and uh, that kind of thing. What are some other topics? Tell, share with our listeners some of the other topics that we've covered. And then I'd like to know too, like how do you even develop the list of topics? How do you figure out what to talk mm. about? You know, our, our focus primarily wants to be on best practices, what's working in our South Florida culture. So we're going to churches that are doing something that's being effective and fruitful, and we ask them to share it with the group. And I find pastors, regardless of the size of the church, they all desire to see their church grow. Everybody wants to reach people. And they want to reach new people. People. And so, and they want to hear from other pastors that are being effective in doing that. So, our, our primary focus is on best practice, what's working in our churches and our community. We did bring in some outside consultants, but we're really finding, I'm finding pastors in our area that are being fruitful and effective, whatever area that is, to have them come and share. And the guys are just getting a lot out of that and value that a lot. We spend some time, uh, then we break up in our cohorts and we talk about personal and professional highs, lows from the last meeting. And But our, our focus really is on best practice and it's also on soul care. I think often what's happening is they want, we, we deal with issues that deal with a pastor's life and his marriage and the things he needs to really care for his own soul. And I've really been impressed too, because, you know, when you start these kinds of things, you never know what's going to happen, but this thing's really grown, Raymond. Yeah. Yeah. It's taken off, man. It's fun. And that's, that's a key component as well. It's fun. Yeah, it is fun. We we try to have fun. We try to banner back and forth and try to 
stay on color, but uh, <laughs> but it's, it's it's a little bit of a locker but room. But it's but it's good for guys to get together, it pastors is. to get together and just laugh because we, we all have pain, we all got challenges, we all have stress, and it's good to laugh together. All right, so uh, we divide up into these cohorts now. If our listeners are going to do this and try to create some kind of a cohort in their area, how, how do you divide up the groups? How do they you know who goes with who? You know, I think this is real critical. We start in a large group, break into small groups, and we break in small groups that pastors, we look for pastors who have a lot in common, who are a lot alike, different same stages of life, same size churches, same issues they're dealing with. For instance, we got, uh, we got a, uh, we call it a next gen group or a young guns group. We got a lot of guys. We got about four or five guys in, in Palm Beach County who are youth pastors, and now they're a lead pastor for the first time. Right. Well, these guys have got a lot in common. They're dealing with a lot of the same issues, and they they meet together once a month, and boy, what a right. great group that is. Uh, we've got church planners, and we have a, a cohort for church planners, and everyone in that group is a church planner, is planning a church, or has planted a church. And I don't want a church planner to be in Palm Beach County and not feel supported, not to be encouraged. This is a place for them to come to be encouraged. we got a Hispanic group, and the Hispanic pastors, they love it because we have a large group time that we're all together, and then they break up, and they're able to take the topic and talk about how this relates culturally specific to them to be an effective, fruitful uh, pastor to their people. We have a worship pastors and student pastor cohort. We have a, a large church and small church. A lot of small church guys, they're together and they get they have unique struggles. They're the only paid right. employee of their That's church. Right. And they get together with other guys and how to do that and how to deal with that, which is very, very helpful, as well as uh, large church pastors. So uh, sometimes they're same uh, geographical region. So we have Western community and right. that those pastors, what they have in common, they want to reach that area together. And so they, they meet together. So... Uh, you don't get to choose your cohort. We place you in a cohort. We think you being with the right guys is so critical for it to really uh, help minister to you and, and for you to get the greatest value of it. Yeah, and we're seeing some fantastic results from these gatherings. But Raymond, the church for the rest of us listeners, some of these guys are in large churches, some in medium, some in small churches, some urban environments, suburban, rural. If one of our listeners said, I'm interested in doing something like this, or maybe there's just a pastor out there who feels alone and he's like, man, I wish I lived in an area where we had that. What advice would you give that pastor? Man, just reach out to another pastor. 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago, I started my first cohort. It wasn't called a cohort back then, but I just reached out to other pastors of similar sized churches that were being effective and fruitful in the community and said, hey, guys, why don't we get together once a month and try to learn from each other? And we did. And I think two of those guys in that group, we met together for over 20 years. Yeah. And that's how I got to meet you. That's you right. Know, you alluded to that earlier. I took you to lunch and I said, hey, you want to be a part of our, our group? And you said, yes. I went back to the group as a closed group and said, hey, this guy Scrog and Scroggy Dog, I don't know. You know, <laughs> he, wants to shaky. Be, he wants to be a part. Should we let him in? And, you know, thumbs up, you thumbs down. Very and kind. We, we got a majority. Yeah. And uh, we got Jimmy in. And uh, that's how I got going and being together. Our relationship got established there. So there's a lot of long-term fruit comes out of investing in relationships. And I really believe, and we didn't get to talk about this much, but pastors need somebody outside of their church that they can talk with and have a relationship with. And they don't, we don't have that. Yeah, and, you're right. And we need it. They need to take the initiative to do it. Raymond, I can tell you this. I don't think that the churches in our community would be where they are today without you doing this job and playing this role. I know for a fact that family church wouldn't be where we are without you playing this role here in our church. And I know that I personally wouldn't be where I am if I didn't have you speaking into my life really over the last 
10 years. And uh, we truly are, Raymond, better together. Uh, not just you and me and not just our churches, but all the churches in our region. And I want our listeners to hear this. You guys are better together. Find a band of brothers. Find somebody. Reach out. Make a friend. Make a brother. They may not all be from your denomination. They may not all be from your tribe. They may not even be your age. But somebody somewhere in your city, in your town, in your county, has a heart that's like yours. Someone else wants to reach your region for Jesus Christ. Find that brother. Find that sister. Find somebody. Reach out and uh, connect. We're better together and let them know that they're not alone. I want you to tell your fellow pastors about our Church for the Rest of Us podcast. You can check out our show notes at familychurchnetwork.com. And listen, we are all in this together. We'll see you next time on Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.